Hey everybody, welcome to another special recording of the Homan Podcast. Jordan here, and I just wanted to do a quick introduction to our interview today with William O'Leary, who played Marty on Home Improvement. Um, we've got, uh, I don't know, maybe 45, 50 minutes of a conversation with him, and, and some good stuff in here about how he was cast in the show, what he did before the show, um, other roles that he did after the show, and what he thinks about a Home Improvement reboot. So all that and more coming up. Um, just a warning to those who might have sensitive ears or maybe are younger. You might want to skip this episode. And uh, after this episode, we'll be back to a normal recording schedule next week. So hope you enjoyed this special episode. Let us know what you think. Go to Twitter and Facebook, all that good stuff. And uh, here we go. So is this Florida and Wisconsin together? Seriously. Uh, like, we're bringing the nation together. It, it, yeah, like really in a, in, a, in a really lame way. But I totally appreciate the effort because, like, seriously, <laughs> Madison yeah, and I the mean, Canes? No, it's never going to happen. Well, you know, we're both originally from Michigan, so that's the only reason it works out. <laughs> so so our, our very tentative plan, because we want you to take this wherever you want to take it, but, uh, you know, you saw our questions or, or maybe just very briefly looked at them. Yeah, no, but, that's, that's fine. I'm good. Okay. So, yeah, it's just, it's just going to be pretty informal, you know, talk about what you want to talk about, and we'll just we'll just head right through it and... Uh, go from there. But uh, first, we want to start off with thanking you for joining us for this interview. We really appreciate your time. So you thank you for that. And yep. uh, we want to jump right into home improvement and your role as Marty and uh, how you obtained that role. And, you know, what was the audition process like? And what were you doing at that time in your, your career? Excellent. Thank you. So first, I write back at you. I want to thank you for <clears throat> dragging me out of obscurity. <laughs> <laughs> because, you have high expectations for this interview. Because you, <laughs> um, uh, oh, man, the show was great. I uh, I love doing it. I I was um, I've come to realize I'm totally not a TV guy. Um, you know, I started uh, home life was screwed up when I was a kid. Dad left when I was four. Mom died when I was 14. You know, uh, and I was a theater guy from like age seven. Uh, I graduated high school with a C minus. Um, and, uh, and, and thankfully, the, our theater department was really good. And uh, a school that was Illinois State University um, uh, took me in there and gave me a scholarship, like they did with a whole bunch of other losers. <laughs> <laughs> Like Gary Sinise, John Malkovich, Billy Peterson, Laurie Metcalf, Jane Lynch, wow. a whole bunch of other people who back in the 70s, you know, didn't function right or correctly in a high school scenario. You know, the whole testing thing has become crazy in the United States. Uh, they had money for the arts, and they, between the high school and the, the university, Illinois State, they created um, Steppenwolf. They, 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 they enabled actors who didn't fit in a normal, regulated society um, to come together. Again, I'm talking about something of which I had absolutely no part. Um, 
I'm like a, like hopefully a really happy history book. Um, uh, but that was sort of where I came from. I was a theater guy. Mm-hmm. Um, I, uh, I did it in high school and college and then I went to Seattle and, and then I went on to New York and, and, you know, I, I was lucky there, uh, did Broadway and stuff like that. And then I started first really started doing, um, uh, you know, hit my first sort of big movie, which was, uh, Bull Durham, which was just mind blowing. It was fabulous. Um, and then New York became impossible to live in, in the eighties, uh, late eighties. Um, and so I, like a whole bunch of other people left and came to Los Angeles. And that was when I sort of like really started auditioning for television. And I just, I went with it. Uh, I'd never had a clear vision for a, a career or anything like that. I just, I liked acting and I just went where work was. I'd always done that. Uh, I did regional theater across the United States. Um, and, and, and the TV thing, it was, uh, what besides screwed, uh, it was relatively easy for me at the time. (laughs) Um, and I chose to become engaged in a medium that was not really where I was strong. Mm-hmm. Uh, did a couple of se- uh, series, did T- uh, Dear John, and I was lucky, you know, and some episodic stuff, and then was lucky enough to do uh, what was really a fabulous show. Home Improvement was great. It was fresh. It was original. It came from a guy that created something, you know, uh, a, a stand-up comic. Uh, art is art, even commercial art. Um, ought to come from somewhere that has a, a strong original, fresh orientation. And that was what Tim had. Uh, you know, he turned down a couple of series, potential series, uh, opportunities with ABC before that. And finally they came up with the idea of him, you know, <clears throat> as a dad, needing an invisible next-door neighbor father figure. Uh, and that was big for him because he'd lost his dad. Um and 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 the series worked. They all worked so freaking hard. They were good. It was a good set. They were funny. They worked hard. They were open to ideas. Um, I <clears throat> I just uh, came to the show through a regular audition. Uh, I didn't even think I did that well. Uh, looking back on it, I'm, I'm positive I I didn't even do that well. Um, <laughs> but I was such a useless younger brother. <laughs> And I think Tim said, yeah, that's the guy. (laughs) Yeah, 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 that's it, that's it. He's like all of the little brothers I ever had. Um, uh, Because I was, I was a younger brother. Um, And and actually, interestingly enough, relative to the questions you sent, my two brothers were 17 and 15 years older than I was. Wow. Also Midwesterners. yeah, obviously, you know, uh, <clears throat> uh, screwed up Catholicism. But um, uh, <laughs> Dad kept trying and finally worked. Um, uh, so, so I had older male influences that were my siblings in my life, and uh, and then I got to set, and um, and they were great. Uh, the big thing was the show was terrific, 
and everybody just worked really hard. I've been on a lot of sets where, and, and the bottom line is, on a TV show or a movie, unless you've got a director-creator who's one of like five people, you know, Scorsese or, you know, on that kind of level, mm-hmm. the mood on the set is set by the star. If the director happens to be the star, that's great. But too frequently, it isn't. It's set by the actor. And too much of the time, because actors suck, <laughs> the mood on set is really crappy. <laughs> right. yeah. um, that was not the case on Home Improvement. Uh, they all worked hard. They, it, just, it, was, it was a great set. It was a great set. All right, sorry, I monologued. No, that's exactly what we, people don't want to hear us talk. They want to hear you talk. <laughs> the more you talk, the better. So that's perfectly fine. You mentioned that you were a younger well, brother. I, I bet you're a hit with the ladies in the singles bars on Friday night, right? <laughs> no, it's not about me. It's about you, dear. <laughs> no, have, have another gin and tonic. Excellent. <laughs> So you you mentioned that you're a younger brother. You've got those two older brothers. Uh, for this role of Marty, besides that, was there any other influences? No, no, no. that was just about no. it. Just drawn from yeah. real life. No, it just they they wrote great stuff. Um, mm-hmm. They just the the, the writer creators were terrific, um, and everybody worked toward a common goal, mm-hmm. which is just massively unusual. Um, uh, Again, because particularly sort of in the 80s and 90s, so I'm sorry, children, we have to have a history lesson here. <laughs> Stars became everything. Mm-hmm. And if you go back and just you know read any of the basic stuff, you, you can see where and how shows were affected by, particularly obviously negatively, affected by star power. Oh. Because they did everything. Um the, and the networks then took massive steps to shut down and control the influence that stars had on the show. And that then created, you know, a whole power dynamic between sort of stars and, you know, the, uh, you know, sorry, how do we, how do we politely describe those <laughs> Suits. Um, um, <laughs> the only thing I heard was suits, so that worked out. Oh, yeah. Great, excellent. Yeah. Good. Um, networks wanted to create a controllable product that was both interesting and exciting, which requires artists and creative visualists. You know, and yet still homogenize it enough to be able to turn out a box of cereal every week. Mm-hmm. Because that's essentially what they're doing. They're creating a product that needs to be absolutely consistent and yet fresh and vibrant. The dynamic is really interesting. Um, and nobody's bad. Except, you know, the Disney executive. <laughs> You know, Tim. Tim. Tim didn't even call it the mouse. He just called them the rat. <laughs> yeah. No, that's true. Um, and again, it's just execs wanting to, you know, uh, streamline 
what is essentially a rough and vibrant creative process. That's just what everybody does. You know, you you got raw energy coming into Hollywood, and you've got the machine in Hollywood that wants to take that raw material, essentially like, uh, think of it as like sort of grain-fed beef, and then homogenize it into really nice pre-fed, you know, frozen steaks that can be cooked up in your microwave and still let you live years later. No, seriously, that's exactly what it is. Well, on the topic of somewhat fresh meat, uh, your first episode was he ain't heavy, he's just irresponsible. Uh, do you have memories from your very early days on set, specifically that first episode? <clears throat> that was, uh, just to be very clear, that was a very smooth segue you just made there. <laughs> I just, you know what, I didn't really Adam, you know, that that. for a while, because, wow, <laughs> I didn't even feel like that happening. Um, <laughs> very kind um, of you. Uh, uh, oh, please. Uh, um, so I'd always been, a, a, like I say, a theater guy. <clears throat> and in the theater union, which is equity, the stage union, when you do a union show, and I'd been doing union shows forever and theater my entire life, 30 minutes before curtain, no one is allowed to talk to you. Directors, producers, nobody legally can talk to you because you have to get into character. <clears throat> So my first night doing home improvement, and I'm excited, you know. I mean, it's not like crazy. I didn't, I wasn't ever really aware of sort of the power or importance for me, really only just doing the character and entertaining an audience. That was the only thing that mattered to me. Uh, I was I was naively stupid for 25 years. Um, um, so I'm backstage on set in the number one show in the world, going to act opposite the person who not only has the number one show in the world, but also has the number one novel in the world and is about to have the number one movie in the world. Tim had all three of those at once. Um, and so I just wanted to do my scenes good. Um, and I'm backstage. It's about five minutes before... Uh, before we're going to film in front of the live studio audience. And it was huge. I mean, Jesus, there, there's, you know, let alone that there's all the Disney execs and the ABC execs, there's senators, you know, who got their kids in the audience, you know? <laughs> and, I mean, it's a big deal. And, uh, and I was always backstage for everything that I'd ever done. And I'm just, I'm running lines and I'm working moments and stuff like that. And actually, Tim was back there also. And we would just pass each other behind the sets. He was working on his stuff. I was working on mine. We were the only two people back there. And uh, and then they called places. And they'd come out and they'd they, they introduce the cast and everything, which was always really weird as a theater guy. Because uh, you only came out after the show. Uh, but here you had to... Anyway, um, they introduced everyone and, and I went backstage and there's like two minutes to go. And the showrunner, one of the exec producers, comes up to me backstage. Again, this is about two minutes to go before the first scene. He says, uh, hey, how you doing? And I'm like, uh, good, you know, fuck off. Uh, <laughs> and, 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 of course, I didn't say that. And I said, very well, thank you. How are you? Because I was actually from the Midwest. Um, is there anything I can do? Would you like more sausage? Uh, and, uh, <laughs> and he says, hey, I just want, I want to give you a heads up. I said, yeah. He said, um. First of all, the execs love you. Disney loves you. We're bringing you back for a bunch more episodes. I was like, great. 
I have lines to deliver in 90 seconds. And uh, I said, yeah, about that. The audience isn't going to like you. <laughs> and I said, I said, what do you mean? He said, well, when you deliver your punchlines in this first scene, the live studio audience, they're going to hate you. They're not going to laugh at anything you say. I said, what? And he said, seriously. And I immediately thought it was a practical joke because I'd been on the set of Bull Durham and no one did more horrible, astonishing practical jokes on anyone than on the set of Bull Durham. <laughs> and I assumed that he meant the same thing and he was just kind of screwing with me just because, hey, what's funnier than to, you know, totally mind an actor right before he's about to go on for the audience. Right. And he said, no, it's absolutely true. He said, the audience loves Tim. And they don't mind it when the other series regulars make fun of him or argue with him. But you're a stranger, so they're not going to like you. But we want you to know that we like you. And you should just keep doing your punchlines and your jokes the exact same way you've been doing them. Even though when you deliver those lines, you're going to receive utter silence and anger from the audience. And then he said, have a great show. <laughs> this is a completely true story, by the way. This is, this is no exaggeration. Went out, they opened the first scene, four lines in, I deliver my first punchline. It's funny, saying, hey, Tim, you're, you know, a dick in some way, shape, or form, but that was like, you know, PG and ABC-like. And, uh, and there's dead silence. And Tim just gives me a look like, yeah, that's right. Get on board, boy. <laughs> You're in my world now. And that's exactly right. And what the producer had also said was, as soon as your first episode airs, the audience will accept you as a member of Tim's family and you can get away with stuff. And it was exactly like that. Four weeks later, when I was doing my fourth or fifth episode, the first one had aired. And then all of a sudden, the studio audience laughed. Mm -hmm. It was fascinating, just culturally, just socially. It was just, and particularly also, you know, like just being terrified in front of 25 million people. <laughs> just a small thing like it was, that. It was fascinating. I never had an erection again, or children. <laughs> yeah, it never affected but, you at all. But no, please. Uh, anyway, that's a, that's a true story. That, uh, that, was, uh, that, was the first, that was the first episode. Wow. So do you have any other, like, uh, I mean, that, that's obviously a very vivid memory for you. Is there other fond or maybe not so fond memories that, as you continue your run as Marty? Sure. That was a dry delivery, massive laugh punchline, by the way, of what I just gave there. <laughs> we'll insert the laugh later, you know. Uh, you know of shows. Well, of course, that's what I'm used to. Um, I, I, I usually just, matter of fact, where's my iPhone? Hang on. I got my, the, the soundtrack, sound laugh track app Ooh. here. Um, uh, yeah, there, there was stuff, um, which you can get, uh, you know, in another 20 years when the CIA actually releases all of the files, uh, <laughs> about what cannot be told in terms of what happens on set in Disney projects. Ooh. Um, yeah, sure. Totes. But no, not here and now. 
because I, 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 I'm, a, I'm a completely squared away, sensible, totally with the program kind of guy, and I would never share anything that was remotely inappropriate in any way, shape, or form. I knew you'd be a tough nut to crack. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. I'm like, oh, <laughs> wait, what's a really tough nut? Coconut? A walnut? <laughs> <laughs> that is not an expertise What's a tough mine? nut? Hey, do you have tough nuts? Are those tough to crack? Uh, what kind of nut are we talking about here? Well, kind of on the topic of nuts. Sorry, right. Florida and Wisconsin. My bad. My bad. I was thinking it was the sort of the 1130 p.m. Las Vegas crowd. Go ahead. On the topic of uh, nuts and all things uh, Wisconsin Midwest, um, do you have favorite Marty moments or lines that kind of stand out from your 30 episodes? Any particular singers you delivered? Um, If you want... It's a visual is the problem. Um, yeah, totally. Um, like I said, and, and, and again, it's it just with, with, with massive respect, insanely massive respect, and I deeply mean that. Um, every once in a while, I was able to suggest something funny. Mm-hmm. And they do it. And yeah, there's a scene between Tim and Pat and me and my wife, the episode was when Tim thinks he is surprising his wife, Pat, in the oh, shower. Well, I love that episode. We love it. It's the scene at the end of the episode when Tim offers <laughs> to let me see Pat naked. <laughs> There's a, and I say yes. <laughs> I mean, because please, I'm just a guy. Yeah. And I, you know, and I'm I'm like basically from Wisconsin. Hey, do you want to see a woman naked? Of course. What am I going to say? Yes, of course. I mean, <laughs> I, I wasn't allowed to do that until I was like thirty. <laughs> Making up for lost time. Oh, please, right? You got to do it with numbers. Um. Anyway, and that, and then yes, I scope Pat, <laughs> and I was extremely proud of that moment. It was it was a good <laughs> laugh. It was a good laugh. That's a great episode. It is. It is really good. Uh, the show's been on, obviously, you know, you were in the show. It's been off the air for a while, and we've talked, you know, we've Wait, talked with Patricia. You keep showing up. Seriously, it's the only reason I drive cross-country and, and go to local gas stations. I thought it was still working. Hey, aren't you Marty? I mean, yeah. come on. You know what I, mean, I pay every year to drive through Missouri? <laughs> What's uh? We, we've talked with a, a few of the cast members about their relationship. I'm curious. You know, do you stay in touch with anybody from the cast or no? Get to, no. no. I um. I uh. I I chose to start robbing banks and doing drugs, and they all wisely Smart. uh chose to uh to continue their careers and condemned me. Well, I mean, everyone's got a different path, you know. What's yours? <laughs> well, <laughs> what, what, I think I said this earlier. I think that it's about you, Aaron. Because, because you know, I mean, I don't mean to be offensive, but screw you, because podcasts didn't used to exist twenty years ago. All right, I mean, I, sure, nice today. Hey, <laughs> hey, well, I was nine. I was nine at the time, so I don't know. I was, I guess, I was probably watching Home Improvement. Yeah, that's right. Oh, good call. <laughs> yeah, that works. So right, what else you got? No relationship with the cast. Um, sorry to hear that. No, and and and, and it was obviously it was. I mean, obviously, I, I was not a series regular or anything like that. I just, mm-hmm. I deeply, deeply enjoyed 
my time being on the show. Um, mm-hmm. It was a good working show. They were smart. They worked hard. They, it right. just it was it was just it was a massive, massive pleasure. Right. You and uh, Jensen and Daggett had worked together before. Is that correct? On a different project, or am I wrong? Uh, yeah, um, uh, it was. I think it was actually during the show. Okay. A little confusing for me. Yeah, I would, I would imagine. Uh, Did you? Drug, uh, drug. You, guys, you guys had uh, some kind of chemistry. Not me, by the way. Just to be clear, not me. <laughs> <laughs> you guys had sort of worked together before, or at the same time, so you kind of knew each other coming in. So. There was maybe some built-in chemistry to that. Or Again, I, I don't know about coming into the show. I don't remember exactly okay. what the uh, what the what the what the okay. uh, dovetail timeline was. Yeah, it was. Mm-hmm. They they were trying to ABC was trying to relaunch Alf, which had been a. Uh, I was a okay. massive, insane fan of the TV series Alf. I did imitations of them, and it was it was ABC. It was the same casting director. Um, a director that I had worked with before, and they brought me in to do one of the one of the leads uh, to try to relaunch Alf. And uh, mm-hmm. the first twenty minutes of that, uh, whatever you call it, movie of the week or movie or whatever, some right. of the funniest crap I have ever seen. I didn't appear in any of those twenty minutes, actually. <laughs> um, um, but what they did to Alf and the science experiments were some. Funniest things I've ever ever seen, and the guy that created Alf, uh, the the the, uh, the 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 character. I don't I don't want to say puppeteer. That's probably offensive. And in this day and age, Lord knows you you don't want to use an offensive term about about anything when you're being interviewed. I mean, lucky for you, we get like twenty listeners, so you should be safe. Huh. You should be okay, safe. cool. Thanks. <laughs> then uh, the, uh, this motherfucker. Oh my God, let's go. Um, it was a genius, and and they created Alf, and it was really really funny, and it was a disaster. Um, uh, Martin Sheen, a whole bunch of just insanely talented actors on the show, uh, none none of them could save it. That's too bad. I want to talk about um, some roles, non home improvement related, um, in kind of a speed round format. I mean, I say speed round, you can go as fast as you want, but. I'm going to fire off some uh, some of your credits, and I don't know, maybe you can reflect on that. All right, hang on, hang, hang on a second. I have to do some more blow. Hang on. All right, me back to the, uh, the old days. That's nostalgic. Right? It's loud. Yeah, it's louder, louder than I thought it would be. Um, yeah, it's <laughs> really, it is. First of all, it's really cheap. Yeah, well, um, oh, yeah, okay. Uh, so the 80s cocaine was talk Bull Durham. Wow. Perfect. Perfect. <laughs> Perfect. Let's just go there. The question is really just Bull Durham with a question mark at the end. Uh, oh. <laughs> Bull Durham. It's like really get, funny. General um, reflections on Bull Durham. Uh, Bull Durham was one of the best couple of things I ever did in my whole career. Um, obviously, it was a great movie. It was a huge movie. It was number one for a month. Um, Ron Shelton wrote and directed it. He and Kevin uh, just worked it. It's funny because I, I, I'm shooting NCIS at the moment. And I was sitting in my 
makeup trailer. I've never had anything like this happen to me. I mean, I've been a working actor all my life. You know, I've been very lucky. Uh, you know, I never blew anybody away anywhere. Um, <clears throat> sitting in my makeup chair, and uh, Mark Harmon comes in. And, you know, a lot of stars, they have makeup done in their own trailer and stuff. He's been doing this thing for 16 years. He comes into the makeup trailer every morning. He's wearing his flip-flops. He's just a working actor. He's just awesome. He's lovely. He's gracious. And, again, I've been on a lot of sets where that is not the case. And right. and, and and the actor, the lead actor, sets the tone. <clears throat> he comes on in, and he, and he looks at me. It's the first morning. And he looks at me in the makeup chair, and, and he just kind of, just, just sort of, just you know, grabs my shoulders and says, "Hey, Jimmy," and he goes over and he sits down in his chair. And I turn, and I look at him. He says, "Bull Durham, great movie, great role." And I was blown away. I mean, that's thirty-five years or something, you know. Right. Um, it was a terrific movie, and it was terrific because it was fresh, and it was authentic. Yeah. <clears throat> it right. wasn't homogenized. It wasn't. Studios just trying to make money, and I get, I get it. It's okay, free market, you know, uh, trickle down economics. Everybody needs to make a buck, um, but uh, it, it still requires people with original experiences, not just by the way of being victims, but also people who worked at creating and doing something with their lives to then tell the story, and that was what Ron Shelton did. He was a ball player, and he told his story, and other people found that to be fabulous and fascinating, and and they should have. Uh, Boulder was just it was uh, it's one of the I think really iconic movies in American history. Certainly one of the top sports movies ever made, without question. Agreed. Agreed. Uh, what about uh, 1991 Hot Shot? That is a, an iconic movie from, by you, at least for me. Uh, what was it like? Uh, what was Hot Shot like for you? It was that that was big for me again because I'd I'd, I'd been uh, <clears throat> I'd left New York. I was cast in Bull Durham when I was still living in New York, still basically a theater guy, and I'd come out here to L.A. and and then uh, and I don't know what you know about sort of the folks that made Hot Shots, um, but they were all. Wisconsin, Minneapolis guys. Did you know that? Okay. I don't. That, who? I don't know. I guess I didn't know that. Who? Who was it? Jim Abrams, Pat Proft, oh, the Tucker brothers. The I mean, they're all. Yeah. And Airplane okay. is still the most absolutely. Yeah. Okay. I just watched it two days ago, right before you know I had a couple more gins and then watched Hot Shots over and over and over right. and over. Um. And then that Miami Vice episode that I did. Um, anyway, separate issue. Um, uh, Hot Shots was, it, it just it was terrific. I, I mean, I think of it as the second best of the entire genre. The first being Airplane. Um, it was great. It was so much fun. Charlie was amazing. Uh, he was just, he was just really, really, he was good in the whole thing. Uh, it was fresh. It was fun. Ah, man, I was, I was lucky as hell. I was lucky as hell. That's awesome. That's awesome. Uh, let's transition. Um, it's kind of an interesting one. Uh, Candyman, Farewell to Flesh. Uh, yeah, as, as soon as we start going into the sequels, Candyman 2, Terminator 3, <laughs> I, 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 I started to get a little unenthusiastic. Uh, you know, it's kind of like, like, you it. know, uh, having sex with your girlfriend after, like, the seventh year. You know, it just doesn't have quite the same thing. 
Hey, when you think back on having sex in your sixth year, uh, tell me what are the most memorable moments. I, I, I kind of lost my way uh, a little bit, to say the least. Candyman. Um, the the script was fine. It was a sequel script. It was yes. it was meant to make money. The director was mind blowingly, insanely fabulous. Google him right now because you don't know. Uh, but has gone on to do what you'll see he's done, which is to great make some of the greatest Oscar-winning uh, products ever. Um, the first Candyman was terrific. I wasn't in that one. Um, uh, Terminator. Terminator 2. Mind-blowingly wonderful movies. Right. I wasn't in those. Yeah. Um, Terminator 3 and, and, and Candyman, these movies have their fans. I think pretty much anyone and anything can find a fan somewhere. <laughs> Our show great. is a testament to that. Uh, well, I wasn't actually going to say that about the 20 people that listen to your podcast, but yeah, you kind of got the point. Yeah. Okay, good. We're on the same page. Excellent. So, so let me tell you about middle school. Um, now, seriously, you don't want to hear about middle school. It's totally X-rated. Uh, what, go was, ahead. what's scarier, middle school or the X-Files Roadrunners episode that you did in 2000? Uh, the banana slugs were mind-blowing because um, it was the giant Northwest, Pacific Northwest. By the way, I love the PNW. Uh, it was the giant banana slug issue or episode, and it was, uh, yeah, that was bad. Uh, middle school was worse. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, okay, CSI Miami, uh, two episodes with Stuart Otis. Yeah. I still get really creepy freaking email, <laughs> fan mail from that thing. Really? Oh, totally. Um, it was the first what, what season. Get, I really enjoyed what, doing it. I mean, I, you know, I, okay. it, you got yeah. Bull Durham and Hot Shots. I, I always, you know, always had a, like a really sweet Christian face. And so I would either play really sweet Christians like I did in those movies or really sweet Christians who were just corrupt as, you know, ass, uh, basically. Um, and, uh, and so in the, in the, in the first episode that I did, which I really enjoyed and I, I just, I so I freaking loved working with David, David, David caught a lot of crap, um, for, you know, making a life choice. He had hit in the series, and then he went off to try and make features, and they didn't work. And 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 he got uh, he got a lot of a lot of negativity for that. He's a terrific actor. Uh, he did the series. A lot of crew people worked because he stayed working on the series. And when I got on there, he was awesome with me. Uh, and I did the first episode, and I was horrible, and I killed people. And okay, yes, little blonde girls. Um, <laughs> And then I went to prison for my life, and then the season finale of the first year, they chose to break me out of prison so I could go and wreak havoc again. I mean, geez, that's just really nice, you know? <laughs> Feel good. There, there's Feel good, too many good. little blonde girls in the world, I think. Uh, and, and the network recognized that. Tell you what I, did, I will tell you what I did do with the little blonde girls. Hey, there's okay. a leader right before the commercial break. Um, literally, with this one gal... I don't, I don't remember her name or even which episode it was. And she was awesome. I think it was the first episode that I did. Um, after every scene, she used to get to kick me in my butt for being a horrible person. 
Okay. That was the deal we made. I could be a horrible person in the filming of the scene, and then she used to literally just kick my ass as hard as she could for being such a horrible person. It was the only thing I could think of that would help make the entire experience sort of less traumatizing. Because it was, I mean, sure, it was network, but it was fairly real stuff. And, and she was great, and then she'd just, like, really, she would kick my butt with her little tennis <laughs> shoes. That's that was that was uh, the truth. It was just trying one actor trying to make, you know, a young, impressionable actor feel better about, you know, what she was doing and to have mm-hmm. power and stuff like that. It's just, yeah, anyway, that's important. I'm dead serious that. about it. That's, that's a real story. That's, uh, that's okay. real. All right, awesome. And then the, the last one, uh, The West Wing, uh, A Good Day, the episode in 2005. Uh, I love The West Wing. I was excited to see it pop up when I was rewatching recently. The, the, the thing that just struck me about... Uh, the West Wing and Aaron Sorkin in general is um, that they are all just so good. Um, In that episode, the lead actress with whom I was working, I I just get nervous about naming names. Um, We, uh, I think it was the first time she had sort of had the A story in an episode. And, uh, Everyone leaves the West Wing, and she's in charge of everything, and then 14 things blow up. And I'm one of the 14 things that blow up on her, right? And right. So they always held it, had this long dialogue, and they took between three and six, seven-page takes. Like they'd shoot in one shot six, seven pages of dialogue. Wow. I mean, that was one of the reasons the, the West Wing was so different. What Aaron mm-hmm. Sorkin does is completely different. So the, the, the musculature of the actors to have all those pages of dialogue, deliver them on time, with action, doing everything, and, and also being insanely fabulous actors. You know, uh, Allison Janney, Bradley Whitford, Martin Sheen, mm-hmm. blah, 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 blah. I right. mean, it, it, was, it was nothing like it had ever existed before. And they made it look effortless, and it wasn't. Anyway, so this gal's, uh, she's doing this, this is her first really big episode, it's all hers. And, uh, and we sit down after lunch to read the final scene in which everything blows up on her down in the operations room. And she handles like nine problems. Over the course of two and a half pages, she has a two and a half page monologue, which is really hard. That's just hard stuff. And it's all got to be one take. So we sit down to read through before we rehearse. And she reads the scene and then she gets up to, and it's about a five page scene, the last two and a half pages of which are all her. She gets to the two and a half pages and the director looks up and looks at, at the script supervisor who shakes her head. And the director, who is Richard Schiff, stops her and says, uh, did you not get the new sides? And they've completely rewritten her monologue. Oh, no. And we're on set, and it was a big deal. Right. Because it was the most expensive show on television. Mm-hmm. Okay. In fact, there's a massive story, <laughs> which you can pay me to come back and tell. Um uh, yeah, in which definitely. NBC bought out Aaron Sorkin uh, okay. just to get rid of him because the show was so mm-hmm. expensive because um, it was so good. And uh, anyway, she said no, and they gave her the new sides. The new sides had been completely rewritten. A third was completely different technical dialogue, plot lines, 
you know, political names of leaders in foreign countries, uh, uh, various kinds of financial uh, elements about, you know, the current uh, trade deficit. And, I mean, it was completely redone. And she read through it, and we're all sitting and waiting. And she finishes, and uh, Richard says, how long do you need? She said, can I get 10? I was thinking, well, like, no, hours? 10 days. She wanted 10 minutes. Crazy. And the director was actually almost upset she wanted 10 minutes. Man. And 10 minutes later, she comes on set, and she's word perfect and fabulously acted. I was stunned by that, and I went to and I, I mean again I, I I was growing up you know seriously middle school and high school I, I still don't know how to add fractions I still don't know my times tables but even back then I could memorize a Shakespeare play in a week I couldn't have done what she did at all and I went to Richard and I said how the hell did she do that he said we were all so lucky he said we were paid to come and train at the Sorkin gym. And now that's what we can do. Alice and Janney can do, can memorize and deliver 10 pages of dialogue, which is a sixth of an episode of television. By the way, an episode of television is half of a feature film that they film every 10 days. That's how much material you're talking about, which is why movie actors always crash in TV. Because they're doing a half a feature film every 10 days, and they can't keep up. They can't do it. They're used to time and luxury. This gal, with no time at all, and the pressure of the entire network to not break the budget, 10 minutes, word perfect and stunning. That was what I took away from the West Wing. Wow. That's a, that's a good memory. Uh, bringing mm-hmm. it back to, to home improvement here, people are talking uh, about rebooting, you know, most everything anyone ever likes or paid attention to. Uh, home Improvement is no different. Do you, I mean, I guess, would you like to see a Home Improvement reboot? Uh, you know, or what would you uh, want Marty's role to be in this reboot for it to happen? Um, I want to I, I want to try and be funny and cynical mm-hmm. and stuff. And uh, sure. I just, I can't. Um, <laughs> it was a really good show. I want anybody to do whatever thinks they whatever they think they want to do. Um, mm-hmm. No, I think it had its time. Mm-hmm. Uh, it, it was a great show. It was fresh. It was original. I don't think we have to bring back everything. Right. Um, no, agreed. Uh, however, if they do, they should actually make me a series regular finally and pay me what I deserve. Yeah, agreed. Yeah, I think yeah, we set you up for that one. <laughs> Yes, yes. That's a full quote. Any what I deserve, William O'Leary. Wait, hang on. What? That that sounds like no. That wasn't me. Hang on. Give me the phone back. <laughs> All right. I don't. I don't. This uh, my bastard stepson has had the phone for like oh, twenty man. minutes. Oh, uh, well, I guess we gotta start start over then, huh? Anyway. <laughs> uh, yeah, no, it was a great show. I, I think, Eddie, I, you know, I don't think we have to keep having more of what was good. Life is about good stuff passing us by, and we ought to try and cherish what we have. And uh, and that was a really good, big, real thing that happened, and I, I think it's had its time, and I think everybody's kind of moved on. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think other people ought to live new, fresh lives and turn those into TV series. Words, uh, words yeah. to live by. 
I'd say. Uh, let's uh, we're we're wrapping up here. You've gone through all right. of our list with uh, flying colors, and so we're just wondering where can people find you now? What do you want to plug? What are you working on right now? And on all that good stuff. It's funny because uh, I mean I got lost for a little while. Uh, I'm trying to come back. It's 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 been uh, had a couple jobs this year doing the NCIS thing. Mm-hmm. Um, I actually just reached out to uh, to one of the directors I've worked with in the past about a screenplay that I wrote, and uh, he said this is really good work. We should sit down and talk about it. And he's rep by big people, and I and I I'm proud of the work, and uh, I'd like to I I would desperately love to work more in spite of my continued alcoholism and cocaine addiction. Uh, um, I still show up on set on time, and, uh, and, 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 and my driver makes sure I get home. Uh, what, what more can you want? I, I mean, what, not me. It's not about me. You know, it's about them. I just want to support the project, you know, and so I... Uh, kind of like you guys, actually. <laughs> That's what we're here for. Hey, seriously, you guys are doing something. I mean, home improvement was a it, it, it was a big deal. It, it, it was an important expression of of a, of a of a of a kind of people and a sensibility that happened in America, and that you guys are doing this. And that's really cool because it deserves it. The show was good as and as an expression of of, of sort of what our country was at a certain point, uh, and particularly the ability to laugh at itself. For good reasons, uh, it was a terrific show, and I and I love that you guys are doing this. Cool, thanks so much. We appreciate that. You bet. Yeah, and we definitely appreciate you coming on and suffering with us for fifty minutes. That's a that's a tough. tough oh no, no, that, 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 that's anybody. totally far. That that that's totally fine. My name's William O'Leary. I played Marty in the show Home Improvement. <laughs> I, I I played Jimmy in Bull Durham. I did Terminator Three, oh, and man, I can be yeah. reached at three one zero seven one. Okay, I gotta go now. <laughs> By the way, that, that's, that, that's the paid phone outside um, cell J7. Okay, thank you very much. Take care, guys. Thank you so much. Yeah, I appreciate this. This is great. Thank you. All right, take bye. Care. Yeah, bye.